Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of St. Albans, West Virginia. Hope you enjoyed today's sermon from the inside out. You may be seated. Our Old Testament lesson today comes from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, and can be found on your pew Bible on page 10. Listen for the word of God. The call of Abram. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, you who make the sun rise on the evil and the good, who send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, give us grace to follow your example and show kindness toward friends and enemy, that we may live as your children, who testify to your all-inclusive love. In peace, let us pray to you, Lord. Hear our prayers. Hear our prayers for all the world, all the world in which is built on your foundation. We pray for the church in every corner of the world, that fight must fight its divisions and rend our communion weak. Bring instead your strong mission for the sake of the gospel. To that end, we pray for all who teach in your name, all who preach in your name, all who heal under your auspices. Bless all the servants of your church. Give them wisdom to be your word, to be your arm, to be your feet, and to bring that sustenance to the world in your gospel. We pray for the world and its leaders, Lord. Uphold those, all who lead their governments for the sake of peace, that Provoke their hearts toward compassion and make them agents to reconcile justice among all peoples. In that same vein, we pray for the whole earth that it would be healed of the scars and the, the hurts that humans have put upon it. Help us, Lord, to to see our place in, in, as dominion over the earth, not to destroy it, to help build it and help it be fruitful. Help us flourish for, again, for your good, that in our being good stewards, the earth can share and show its abundance. We pray, Lord, for all the poor and the alien, the ones who have great need, whether it's because they are traveling, because their own country has pushed them out, 
or their fears had have led them to leave. Help us to be their refuge, to find a place from their distress. We pray as well for those who are sick in body, mind, and spirit. Comfort them in their, in their pain. Bring them the witness through those who are there to help them heal, the, all the nurses and doctors, the technicians, those who pray and lift them up with your good thoughts. We pray for all of our neighbors, those who are close at hand and those far away. Strengthen our goodwill, Lord, and let us all dwell in harmony. And we even pray for our enemies, those who hate us, the, the ones in which we hold um, bad thoughts as well. Help us to have courage to refuse retaliation to not strike out, but instead seek ways of reconciling your love in the midst of the hate. We ask all these prayers and we offer all of our hopes through Christ by the power of the Spirit. Amen and amen. Thank you for your warm welcome and the invitation to be here to share in this time of worship with you. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to apologize a little bit, but just because I know you're not supposed to do that as you start speaking, but um, I have a bit of the valley crud, and um, so my voice is a little raspier than usual. Uh, it's nothing contagious, I'm sure of that, but um, just it's just frustrating when it happens, and it, and it never happens now on the weeks that I'm not preaching, so yeah. Um, it, it's, it's also wonderful... Uh, uh, when you stand here, you see a little bit of a difference. And uh, if it's a, a Sunday to recognize the women of the church and the, women, the gifts of the women for the church, um, you see from here how many um, more women there are than men. Um, I don't know of any congregation anywhere that makes it without the hard work of the women of the congregation. And so uh, use those gifts, please in celebration and in service to the church. I think some of you have learned that um, I've known your music director for a number of years as we've worked in churches together. Um, I've not done the math, so I'm not going to begin to try to tell you how long that's been. Uh, but I will say that you're very fortunate to have her sharing not only her musical skills, but also her great care for worship and for musical integrity. Um, Mary Ellen works very hard to make sure that anthems and service music and hymns all fit together with the scripture readings for the day. You probably didn't realize this, but the anthem this morning was a setting of the 121st Psalm, which was the psalm for the day. So, so you heard it in music rather than just saying it. Um, I can assure you that all church musicians aren't this conscientious. So, uh, you're blessed. Um, and now I hope that I don't embarrass her with stepping all over my feet. But anyway, thank you for this opportunity to share with you. Uh, please hear now the, the very familiar gospel reading for this second Sunday in Lent. It comes to us from the third chapter of John's gospel. 
Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into a mother's womb to be born? And Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astounded that I say to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it will go. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one who ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God, the Lord. A, A young father was caught up in the difficulties of life. Things weren't going as he dreamed they would. He'd always thought that having a wife and a family, a good job, and all the things that go with it were somehow just supposed to happen. That it would just work out that way. But things didn't. The job that he had was never great, but it was a job and and it had income. It wasn't exactly what he wanted, nor did it pay as much as he wanted. But the family was doing all right. They didn't, they, they didn't have everything that they thought they wanted, but they were okay. Then unexpectedly, the company was bought out by another, and there was a reduction in force. The job ended. And just as things seemed to be at their lowest, um, he and his wife learned that they were that there would be an addition into their family. It certainly wasn't the best of time for that. The the bills were piling up. Pressures were increasing. There seemed to be absolutely no solution. In the darkness of despair, he reasoned that with the insurance money, um, his family would at least have some security. 
So on a dark, gloomy day, he took a gun and went out into the woods of his extended family's farm, a place where, as a child, he discovered the joys of nature and of life. It was a painful decision, but it was the only option that he could see in this dark moment of life. He sat on the stump of an old tree and trying to muster up the courage that he needed. And as he sat there, he just happened to see something nearby, half hidden by branches and leaves. Curiosity got the better of him. As he brushed the leaves aside, he found the headboard for a bed. It was scratched and and scarred and and weather-worn. But he knew that that headboard had been from the bed of his grandparents. He didn't know or understand how in the world it was out here in the middle of the woods. Someone had evidently seen it just as something old, not realizing the loving hands that had measured and sawed and sanded and finished it, this piece of family history. As he looked and as he touched, the sounds and the feelings and the smells of his grandparents' home flooded over him. He heard the laughter, the tears, the the music of a lifetime. The gun was set aside. Holding the wood that was that headboard, he began to see something, some, some possibility, something that could bring this wood alive again. Taking a new course now, he he carried the headboard home, and, and there he began to cut and to shape and to work with that wood until it took the form that, that he had seen in his mind's eye. What he crafted was a, a fiddle, a, a violin, but for him it was a fiddle, filled with the music of the family of a lifetime of living. Once as it was being played, a dealer saw the craftsmanship of that instrument. He touched it, he played it, he wanted to buy it for a substantial sum. But he wasn't willing to part with it. And so the dealer suggested that if he could make one that well, then why not make more? And a new career, a new life was begun. God has this amazing ability and way of of seeing within us what we can be. Like that crafter, God looks and sees the possibilities of who we can be if we will just trust and follow in the way of God's loving abilities. Today's lectionary gospel reading includes those familiar words of the 16th verse of the third chapter of John's gospel. To say the least, the words are well known. Seen, heard, um, placards in all kinds of places. The words have been called everybody's text, the, the Bible in miniature. Jesus lets us know that God's love is as wide as the heavens, as deep as the sea, as eternal as God's own son, who died, who rose, who lives again. It's probably the favorite text for many people and certainly for a lot of preachers. It's become so familiar to us, so usual to us that 
Maybe we don't always listen at all that Christ is saying to us. Nicodemus the Pharisee came by night for himself to, to hear about this way and the word of Jesus. He came searching for, for something, knowing that Christ was offering to this world something different, something more than anything he had ever experienced. Nicodemus the teacher of the law came by night with curiosity to hear what Jesus might have to say to him. Centuries later, St. Augustine, in his confession, wrote, God loves each one of us as if there's no one else to love. God loves each of us so much that God sent Jesus to be in this world, to be one of us, so that we might know and experience what real life, what eternal life can be like. Jesus came among us to to show us just how much God really loves us, each of us. We were reborn, all of us, each of us created in a miraculous way. We came into this world and God hoped that we would know and understand the way of living in a loving relationship with God and with one another. But each of us at at some point, decided to exert our independence. We decided that we knew what was best for us. Thank you very much. We could choose our own pathway all by ourselves without anyone else's help, especially not a God who we could not see or touch. Even as we journeyed on our own way, we knew somewhere in the depths of our being that that there was something more that we needed, something different than what we were experiencing. There was this inner longing, a hunger to feel accepted and content, a longing to be at home within ourselves and within this creation of God's love. It's because of those longings that that this scripture lesson becomes so powerful. Like Nicodemus, we want to know that what what God sees in us. How in the world could God choose to love someone like me? We want to experience that assurance that that God's possibilities are alive within us. In the dark nights, in our dark nights, we we turn to Christ who offers us a message of, of great love, of acceptance, of hope, of life. And as we offer our lives into Christ's care and love, we begin to discover all that God hoped we would be. In truth, we don't do it perfectly. We aren't able to to fully live in that love all at once. But in that moment when we realize that our Christ has come into this world, even for us, that God's love has been made known to us through Christ, then God begins this glorious task of birthing, this this time from the inside out. The heart, the the spirit, that, that inner sense of who we are before God comes alive, and we begin this wonderful birth journey of discovery of life and hope. 
This realization is, is the beginning of our growth as faithful disciples. The gift of Christ's love allows us to, to grow into what Christ prepared us to be. It, it's our calling into faithful living as disciples of Christ. Um, Pablo Casals, the, the late, great, great cellist, was afflicted with terrible arthritis of his hands. Each morning he would rise stiff with pain. After breakfast, he would sit down at the piano and, and slowly began to move through the works of the great masters. At first, that music just was pounded out with stiff fingers. Heavy, plodding. But as the flexibility became, came through those stiff fingers, the, the music began to come alive. It began to sound as it was intended to sound. By afternoon, he was then able to pick up the cello and, and let it become alive in this breathtaking music, sharing with us this glorious gift of sound, of emotion, of joy. God sees what we can be. God hopes that we'll be diligent and patient, persevering and hopeful as we practice and grow, discovering who we really are through the love that God places within us. Christ does that with us. He sees us uncertain of, of what to do or where to turn. He takes us in and gives us a place called home. He does that because he loves us. You know, that's the way of grace in this world. It's the gift of, of the saving love that Christ shares with us. And in that security of a place in Christ, of a home in Christ, we, we become free to become what God intended us to be. Christ encourages us with love, with, with nudges, with hope, with care. We, we have some responsibility in following and, and becoming disciplined disciples. But it's God's grace which works with us to, that we might let go of our fears, of our self-centeredness, and move into God's possibilities. There are moments when it seems like it's this huge struggle and there are moments when it's pure joy. But the grace of the love that allows us to begin this journey, this journey of rebirth of life from the inside out with, with Christ working in us as we move closer and closer to what God hopes us to be. Christ gives us such an amazing gift. For God so loved the world God so loved you and me that God willingly, lovingly gave us an only son, our Christ, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but may have eternal life. How amazing, how, how, how wonderful for us.
For those who know that longing of the heart, who are, who are searching with Nicodemus, God through Christ offers the way home. It's God's gift of redeeming love, living in you and me through that way and love and grace of Christ. It's here for us. If we will simply believe and receive it. Jesus wanted that for Nicodemus. And Jesus wants that for us. This season of Lent is a time for self-examination. A time of checking up on ourselves with God to, to see how close we are to that image that God has for us. It's a time to let go of the things that aren't of God and to offer ourselves again in that love which is eternal. It's a time that with Nicodemus we search for what is most important in our lives. And Jesus gives us that answer in in this one wonderful and amazing sentence. We'll go back to the King James Version that's most of our most familiar to us. And I ask that that you say those words with me. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. May that be so for our lives, for this congregation, oh, for our world. May it be so. Amen. To all life thou givest, to both great and small. To all life thou livest, the true life of all. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go in peace.